Welcome to Teacher and Zion Podcast. I have with me Suzanne. Uh, again, it's been a while. Um, I think I looked, it was like early July, the last time we recorded together. I know that you have a lot to share. I have a few things I could maybe share. Uh, when you come out of Egypt, when you come out of Babylon, when you're coming out of the church age, um, and you're no longer, it's not really all about an organization and it's not about church leadership and on all the things that we're used to. And it becomes centered on Christ. What does that look like? And is there life after the church? So I guess I'll just begin with that question. <laughs> Suzanne, yeah. is there life after church? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there, there very much is. And yeah, the last time you talked... We uh, were speaking about my um, my journey out of the church, and I had just gotten baptized. Yep, and uh, that was a neat experience. And I'm thinking since then, I've been through several nights of the soul. I went into uh, teaching mm -hmm. full time at a public uh, high school. I teach middle school and then coach volleyball. And that was an intense crucible for the last six months, but I've thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed it. And what's been so fun is, mm -hmm. um, my relationship with God and, and, uh, kind of defining that and what that looks like. And I've had friends tell friends, so no, nobody has said it to me directly, but you know, express mm -hmm. their concern about me losing my marriage and my children. And I guess if anything, I would say all of that has abundantly increased in, in love and unity and just connection with my children and with God. And it's surprising. Um, I feel very humble. I feel very kind of out in the wilderness, but at the same time, very free, not as burdened. Um, I do go mm -hmm. back occasionally when, you know, I, I remember the first couple of Sundays sending, it's just my two youngest at home and then my husband and they go to church faithfully and regularly. And I have hundred percent, I mean, probably hardly missed even when I was like nursing babies and having my children, just that constant drive to be there was always a thing for me. And um, I remember sending them off and I just sat on the couch and I just said, okay, what, what next? What do I do? And the thought came to me, yeah. pray. And so I just started praying. And that was my Sunday habit for several weeks of just like, and literally spending those two hours just in prayer, praying over my family, over, you know, talking to him about questions I had. And it kind of just became more of a conversation. And um, it was just this rich spiritual experience of me with God on a Sunday at home and kind of almost creating church at home you know, with just me. And mm -hmm. sometimes I would play the piano and sing hymns to him or, you know, and now I've started uh, talking with a friend who's also a former Mormon. Um, she's been out of the church for quite a while and she is uh, searching and has a really deep, rich spiritual life as well. And so I'll spend an hour in prayer and then we'll, we'll talk just about questions we have and scriptures we've read. And so I guess that's my Sunday school. I don't know. And um, <laughs> then uh, I, I've been praying for um, just ability to worship with others in spirit and in truth. And I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. I don't know how to really do that. But I've found, mm -hmm. you know, with my friend, and then I have another group that I meet with. It's an intercessory prayer group. And they meet once a month. And I've learned so much from those people about how to pray and what 
what prayer really looks like. I don't think I ever knew that growing up. I always prayed, always, every morning, every night, mm-hmm. over meals, with my family. Um, but a lot of times, um, you know, there were some heartfelt prayers, some pouring out of the soul, but I didn't know what it could look like because all I ever heard really was just the standard phrases that that get repeated sincerely right it's not like they're they're yeah. not praying with intent but um it's different language than i am familiar with and, and grew up hearing and people would pray and it's beautiful it's it's just crying to the lord and uh specific things and general things i mean it's just amazing what I've learned from these people. And then I, I really miss meeting though with, um, I wish we lived closer to you guys. Cause I think I would enjoy yeah. what you're doing. Tell me, tell me how that's changed and what's happened there for you <laughs> in the last six months. Let me back up and a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things is when we come out of the church, cause we, we have both come out of the church, you and I, um, in, in different ways mm-hmm. and in different churches, you know, um, but mm-hmm. you know, there's this programming that we grew up with, right. And that programming teaches you what everything is all about and how you should do things and why, and we have all these reasons. And when we come out of that, um, you have to relearn, you have to discover, right. Like what is worship? And what does it mean now that I'm not in this uh, institutional church? How do I have, how do I worship? How do I have that, the thing that we desire and need that you're searching for? And one of the things as I know is that we have to have fellowship. So I, I think fully in mm-hmm. listening to what you just said, I, I see the Lord is bringing people into your life, right? That you can mm-hmm. speak with and, and fellowship with. You got to have that, like, in the, in the worst of times, if you can just find one other person that you can communicate about your journey and share and things like that, that's important. Um, yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm hearing, that's... I'm hearing there is life after the church and you're flourishing, but it is a challenge. It's not, it's not easy. You have to, you have to be, you have to let the Lord reinvent you, right? Who you are in him. Yeah. It's, it's no longer about who yeah. you are in the church institution, but who are you in Christ and that's a whole different thing. And yeah, it, it's kind of like, I, sorry, I, I just had to get real. I mean, it's so, it's so easy when you're part of that church. Like you said, you know, I was a primary chorister yeah. or a teacher or, you know, I had this role and I had all these things that I could be doing. And now it mm-hmm. really is more prayer less do. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And so my steps are very, very childlike and very much um, humble and just wanting to, to know, wanting to know God mm-hmm. and what is my place in the world and just feeling him. And, you know, one day, a, a few Sundays ago, I was just laying on my couch and looking up at our ceiling and um, I just said, you know, God, who? are you can you just tell me and into my mind came you know i'm the wind and all of a sudden i looked outside and there was no wind mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there was wind and our chimes played and then it went away and i was like yeah i love that like mm-hmm. teach me more you know and it, it just makes me hungry you know for yes. him so i i have had those i've had those elijah moments where i have literally asked God a question and suddenly he manifested in, in nature, you know, like Elijah, when he sees the, the whirlwind go by and there's an earthquake and there's all these different things and the Lord is speaking to him, you know, it's, 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 he's real. He's in and through all things. And, um, if we don't really believe that sometimes we can be blind to it, but if we're open to him, he's a real God, a very real God who has created a very real universe we're in and he's in control of all those things. Um, and he will, mm-hmm. he will speak to you. He will manifest himself in different ways, never to override completely our agency or, 
override any possibility of doubt because we have to be allowed that. I believe we have to have those. We have to exercise faith without faith. We can't please God, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I wanted to say that, you know, you got, it was so exciting to see you be baptized and, and you did get baptized in the fountain that is in our congregation. That was part of this gathering. That was just people from, from wherever coming together to worship. And I, just in case there's anyone that doesn't know this, cause I think who knows what, who may watch this video, but that was not a baptism into any denomination. You didn't join any church. You were baptized into Christ to make that covenant. Um, and it was so beautiful. I mean, I, it was like seeing a rebirth. Like I, the excitement and the joy that was on you was like just light. Um, and it was beautiful. And the Lord followed that up with a beautiful experience. Nobody had to lay hands on you. You had this experience with Holy Ghost, which we talked about the last time we got together. And, yeah. um, and that's a joy. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, our little congregation kind of got born out of just a few of us who pulled out of the church. Um, and we didn't really know how to proceed. We just knew that God was life. And um, mm -hmm. I, I had abandoned church and, and even that congregation altogether because it just wasn't a, a place that was uh, going to allow for that growth at that time. Um, and I didn't want to hurt other people, but um, in time, you know, what was interesting was the Lord three years back had told me that he wanted me to go teach there. And at that time, I wasn't even welcomed there by the leadership that was there. Hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of funny when God tells you something and he sounds like a crazy person because what do you, you don't know what to do with it because you know, it's God. So you're like, okay, <laughs> you're obviously going to have to do something, you know, and then everything changed yeah. uh, about six months and everything changed there. And I was literally asked to please come back and to pastor this group. And I was like, Lord, I'm not a pastor. And he says, yeah, but if you're a pastor, you can teach. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. so, you know, that's what I did. It's been a journey. And what has happened is all the congregational members who are there have also now left the church, but they never had to leave their building, which is interesting because most of us have to go through that experience. So um, they just yeah, kind of transformed. Um we had a couple people that left um, over time because they weren't comfortable like left, with a left new left form of worship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just, they wanted the old style Protestant type of worship, you know, where you, you have an invocation and you have a, you know, tithing message and you, and just all, it's always, it's a very rote thing. It's uh, it's almost like saying the Lord's prayer or something every single time you pray. But that's how our wor our worship services mm -hmm. were. You, it was always the same every Sunday, and uh, so we we knew that we had to do something different um, because you know the early Christians didn't worship that way. They didn't worship that way, you know, when Christ established His church in in the in the Americas, um, because we have scriptures that indicate otherwise. You know, Paul said, "How is it whenever you come together, every." Every one of you has a song, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a prophecy. And he says, let all things be done for the edification of everyone around you. And so that's how they operated. And then in, you know, Moroni 6, it says that they came together and the Holy Spirit presided. And it, it indicated what they should do, whether they should preach or they should sing, whether they should pray, you know? And so it's a completely different form of worship that we're not used to. We're used to having a program and there's some person in charge, you know, and they're making decisions about how things will go. And uh, rather than letting the spirit flow and where the spirit flows, as it says in the new Testament, where the spirit of Christ is, there's Liberty. And that's something we're not really completely used to yet. 
things are staged in a, in a certain way. So there's a certain level of control in the church. But where the Spirit of Christ mm-hmm. is presiding, um, anything can happen. <laughs> and any person could be yeah. the person who's going to stand up and prophesy or preach or teach or share or their testimony. Or we may just all be praying for one another that entire hour or two that we're together. So it's a totally unique thing Mm -hmm. and you have to be prepared and it takes work, you know, so you can't be an autopilot at all because there's no program for you. Right. That's what you found out. There isn't a program and an assigned role that you're going to have. It's just follow the spirit wherever he leads and it's joyous, but also you have to be ready for that. Right. Yeah, you have to be on your game. I, I just, when I do attend yeah. um, with my husband, occasionally, you know, God will just say, oh, go, go, go to church today. So I'll go. And this last time mm-hmm. I went to sing in the choir. You know, and it just, it feels like that phrase of that you came up with playing church. It feels like yeah. they're little children playing, like we used to play school. You know, we used to assign yeah. a teacher, okay, you're the student. And and it really felt like that. And it, not only that, but it just feels like a burden. I just feel so heavy. And I, you know, when I'm at home worshiping mm-hmm. and following the spirit as to what I should say in prayer, if I should sing, it's by myself. So my question is, you know, what does that look like when you're with a group of people? And how yeah. do you avoid, like, what's a given Sunday kind of look like for you guys? It looks different every single Sunday. <laughs> so, and and we are just, it I mean, we are just learning. And um, and one thing is, is that when you decide you're just going to follow the Lord and follow the leading of his spirit, because we're imperfect people, and because we don't fully understand what that even looks like ourselves, we just, you know, we have ideas about it. We read things in the scriptures that give us ideas about it. So we, we have some, some vision, a limited vision of what that might look like in our minds. But um, even Mm -hmm. that can be an idol, you know, even that can be a a detriment if we're focusing on our idea, what that should look like. Um, Every time I went there because I was the pastor, um, I always felt a certain burden, like, and I would notice people looking at me for direction. Um, and I knew we mm-hmm. had to get out of that trap, but I didn't know how to get out of it myself, you know? And so sometimes I felt like if there was a too much, a quiet moment that maybe I need to say something or maybe give some direction yeah. or whatever. And that's something I need to learn to refrain from. And it was very hard for me. Um, and literally the Lord had to bring me to a point where he gave me nothing and I was feeling empty. Um, and I would go there like thinking, I don't have any direction at all. And I'm thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. And then that would sometimes be mm-hmm. the most beautiful services we would have. Cause I would just sit there and like, yeah. Lord, you've given me nothing. So I am not going to speak. So I would just sit there and there'd be maybe a moment of awkwardness. And all of a sudden, Mm-hmm. Someone in the congregation would just stand up and explode with this thing that the Lord is doing with them right that moment. Um, and all of a sudden wow. it just energizes everybody and the spirit starts moving among us. And next thing you know, there's people needing prayers. Uh, we're praying for them. The whole congregation gets up and is praying for them. Um, we're sharing all the, the things, the words that the Lord has given us, the, the testimonies and and it's very energizing, mm-hmm. and but Full it takes life, its own you know? type of preparation that is different than the kind of preparation yeah. we used to have to make, you know, when you had an assigned role. Yeah. yeah, and and I don't like I don't mean to say that there's nothing good happening in churches of various religions. Like I know there's good things happening, but but what you're describing is a whole new level. It's a whole new level of trust mm-hmm. in the Lord. It's a whole new level of of relationship with each other and, and allowing those uncomfortable, like being comfortable with discomfort, you know, and like those awkward moments and yeah. just letting that sit there. That's a beautiful thing because 
Mm-hmm. If you don't have anything to say, it, it like you shouldn't be making stuff up. You know, you shouldn't be trying too hard. Yeah, <laughs> just I, absolutely. I, I I'm going to relate it. I don't know if I've ever shared this or not, I, but maybe this would be a good time to relay this story anyway. But many many years ago, back when I lived in Michigan in our congregation of the Church of Christ Restored, which is the church that I was a part of at post RLDS. Um, we had one of our mm-hmm. elders was uh, assigned on the priesthood schedule to do the sermon. And we just had a very traditional RLDS type of service, just like we'd always done since I was born and before. And um, he was assigned to do the sermon. And when it got time, after all the singing of the different hymns and taking up an offertory or whatever, and he gets up to do the sermon, he stands up and he says, I'm sorry. He says, I don't have the Holy Spirit with me today, or I don't have the spirit with me today. I'm not in the spirit. And he says, I, I have nothing. And he sat down. And that's the first time I'd ever seen that happen. And Afterwards, mm-hmm. I remember hearing people talking about how awful that was. And I and I got to wondering, what would you want to have happened? Would you like him to fake it? I almost felt like what yeah. he did was an example for all of us that we should do. If you don't have the spirit, then don't mm-hmm. then don't speak, don't pretend to it, you know. Um and why yeah. aren't we all prepared to step in? Why aren't we, why don't we, you know, here's what I noticed about church age, uh, the church age is how I refer to it, but just the institutional church mentality is there is one or two or three people or whatever that are going to perform their function for us. So they're players on a stage mm-hmm. and everyone else is relegated to audience. And our churches are even built that way so that all the chairs and everything are all facing the same direction. So we're just like a theater, right? And then you Mm -hmm. have certain people up Mm -hmm. front or whatever. So that's one of the things we had to change is we had to change all of our seating so that we're all sitting in a circle facing each other. (laughs) So there isn't one, we're all looking in one direction to to one or two people. Yeah. Um, But that to me was such an honest moment. You talked about, worship in spirit and truth. And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm wondering if a big part of it just begins with honesty. All of us Very just much. being completely yep. honest to our, yep. to ourselves mm-hmm. and to one another and to God and, and, and stop the pretense or pretending um, or asserting our title or role and just asking God, what does he want here? You yeah. know? Yes. And then, in um, in the LDS faith, LDS Utah faith, um, worldwide, right? It's it's supposed to be volunteer yeah. or by calling, but there's this phrase that's STP, same ten people. And I don't know if you've heard that before, but it's like in every word I've no, been in, no, I haven't. I've started to notice. Remember hearing that phrase, same ten people, STP. Oh, it's just STP. And it's basically in every ward, there's the same basic 10 people that kind of rotate through the leadership callings. You know, it's like the, the okay. same women get young women's one year, it's primary president, then one year it's Relief Society. And it's kind of this same group of 10 women and 10 men. And uh, it, it's like you have to kind of fit a mold, you know, you have to. And so we we think that we are being divinely led, and I'm sure that God is allowing us to have joy in our works for a season, right? But like you said, mm-hmm. what I felt most keenly this summer is that that season is drawing to a close, and and God needs yeah. us to be honest, exactly what you're saying, and yeah. and to fully, fully like come before Him in just sackcloth almost and just ask him for what he wants of us. How does he want us to pray? How does he want us to worship? Because it's just not enough. What, what we've been doing is not get, it feels like a hamster wheel. 
when I go now after yeah. after having disconnected myself and you know peeled away a lot of these traditions and a lot of the the things that I was taught that are what I thought were good but aren't necessarily in the scriptures even you know I mean there's so many yeah. things even since being baptized I have I I mean I knew enough to know that okay this I can't be in this anymore. I, I can't be honest with myself. And so I think what I'm finding is there are a lot of LDS members right now who are there for either family members or because it's comfortable or because there's not too much wrong, but it's kind of, you know, they'll, they'll put up yeah. with things that, you know, Joseph Smith. Okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know about him, but that was in the past. And so when you're saying honesty, what I, what I'm, what really kind of tipped me was when I sat down and had a discussion with one of my friends who belongs to a Christian. Well, she just identifies as a Christian. I think she goes to a non-denominational church mm-hmm. or something. And she said, yeah. after we were talking about some of these, these truths that I was discovering and these things of history and of things that I had been thinking that aren't squaring with the scriptures she said well how can you stay and i just was like ah you know that's true like if i'm really honest with myself i i can't stay this this is something that's not going to help me live my highest best life anymore and uh i think a lot of people are dealing with that question of being honest with yourself if you are fully truly honest but but the problem is they don't know what what else there is. And so I love what you're describing. Yeah. It makes me think of, of the house churches in China and in Iran. And I'm, I'm reading all over the world. I, I subscribe to this magazine called Voice of Martyrs. And there are Christians yeah. being persecuted all over the world. And they are meeting in secret and finding God in the wilderness, literally as they're kicked out of their homes, you know, mm-hmm. because of professed faith in yeah. Christ. And they meet in these small groups. So, yeah, that, that's the, that's the wilderness experience, which is, which is the part that feels hard to us at times. I think that's the scary part. If you're contemplating, if, if not this institutional church, whichever one you're going to, if, if that isn't it, what do I step into? And it's a, it's a scary prospect because you don't mm-hmm. step directly from Egypt into the promised land. I mean, there was two paths that yep. Israel could have taken based on their obedience. Right. And one of them was a direct path mm-hmm. to the promised land and enter in. That was, I think about a two week journey. And then there was the wander around for 40 years and then you can go to the promised land, you know, um, <laughs> But either one of those is not a, either one of those is still a process. Either way, you have to get Mm -hmm. Egypt out of your heart and you have to go through that process of full dependence on him. But here's the thing. The Lord knows our need, right? He met the need of Mm -hmm. the Israelites in the wilderness. He, he fed them. He gave them water. He made sure their, their clothing, their shoes never wore out. And so what's being what he's calling upon us to do when we step out of that realm of what we know right what we feel comfortable with is he is actually calling mm-hmm. us to in faith step out of our culture even as abraham did he left everything he knew yeah. and just went out into the wilderness following this god you know and and that is what he's going to require in the end. It will be that baby. He's going to help us with that. I had a friend of mine who had a vision or a dream. It was about 10 years ago. And in this dream, there were these wells where people were going and always drawing water out for their need. And they were like churches. It was like church buildings. And inside, inside each church building, there was like a well. And they would go in and draw water and in this dream, uh, people were going to these familiar wells that they always went to and depended on to get that water to refresh them. And those wells were drying up. 
mm-hmm. there was a lot of people upset because the place they had gone to to get that water was now gone. And I don't remember the entirety of the dream, but I remember the interpretation and the understanding was there was just one place that they were going to be able to get that water now. And it was going to be directly from God himself. And so, you know, God meets us where we are and he is right now. Like he will work even in dead services of dead congregations and churches at times. Mm -hmm. But he also, just because he loves us so much and he knows he, he has something so much better for us than the slavery of Egypt. Um, he he has a promised land for us. And so part of the favor he has to do for us is let us either experience what the Israelites did, where, well, it became, it became a harsh thing to work for Pharaoh, right? It became an ugly thing. Mm-hmm. So for some people church may have to become a hard place where they're being pressed and oppressed and, or for some, it just may be that the Holy spirit and the thing that you go to get refreshed from and feel the Lord in is drying up and you're not going to, you're not getting it anymore. And that seems harsh, but actually it's God calling to us and saying, please come out into the wilderness. I want to bring you to a better place. And we just, we're all going to have to do that on some level, you know. Right, right. Okay. I, now I'm remembering there was something I wanted to share with you. In a couple of, uh, in an episode, I think it was a couple of episodes ago, you mentioned it was like comparing um, the church age to a ship, a dream that you'd had. And where the water receded and the tsunami came Okay, so I have to tell mm-hmm. you, in 2018, I had a vision come to my mind. And what I saw was, I just kind of this scene opened up in my mind, and it was water receding, and the land before it just completely dried up. I mean, it just turned, yes. and there was no life. And I began walking out on this surface, and it was dead. And in my mind came, you need to turn around. And at the time, I didn't really understand fully what that meant, because what I thought it was is like our finances were going to dry up if you keep going down this path or something, because I'd had that on my mind. Yeah. Like I was kind of in like materialistic thinking then. And when you said that about the tsunami and how the water recedes, I immediately knew what God was because it was since 2019 that I really got serious about my spiritual journey and, and understanding where God wanted Mm. me to go. And I was open. And so I realized that's what God was telling me. He was saying this, this system that you're in is drying up and the waters are leaving and the tsunami is coming you know, the wave, and that's actually a good wave. It's like this huge spirit, yes, and some yes. people it will hit them hard. Mm-hmm. But to me, I'm going to be yeah, standing there like, Some people, it will yes. it'll look like a disaster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For some people if you, right. it, that are very much attached to the system, right? The, it, the Whether you want to say mm-hmm. institutional church or whatever it is, but the systems, and even if you're not even religious, the the Babylonian system, uh, all of the, the systems that we rely on that um, instead of God himself, uh, for some of those people, it will seem like a, a looming, horrible disaster coming. But actually, that tsunami wave is coming to set us free. It, it is going to destroy yes. those systems yes. in a sense. But it, but he has made mm-hmm. a way for us to be able to rise up and and ride that wave, you know. It, it's yes. it's a good thing for yeah. his people. I think so. so I love we're the all prophets. sitting here with our you know, uh, Yeah, that's why I, lo- I love when you read in the in the prophets again and again. Whenever they prophesy the disaster, the impending doom, or whatever judgment that's coming, then immediately it's always followed up with, "But say unto my people, it will be well with them." I will lead them out, you know, mm-hmm. I will take care of them. I will bring them to a better place. I will preserve them. I will bless them. 
And so the, you know, for us, then the, we don't need to worry about tomorrow. Like Jesus said, we don't need to worry about how we're going to be fed or how we're going to be clothed or how we're going to live. Like we don't understand these things. That's not the worry. You know, we set that aside. We know he's going to take care of us. We need to trust in him fully that he has a plan that all of this is for our benefit. You know, it was the worst of times. It was the best of times. And so the only decision we need to make is are we on uh, team Jesus? You know, if we're on team Jesus, Mm -hmm. then we're winning this sports game. You know, Uh, we're victors. We're more than victors. Um, But if we're holding on to the old, yeah, it's going to look like a disaster. I assume for some in the leadership of these various churches, um, it'll be like a disaster, an unfolding disaster, one after another, and they're losing control and things are falling apart. But if they would just look up and realize, you know, is this God? Maybe God is doing this. He's trying to set us free. Yeah. And I, I think that's what I would like to say to people. Um, you know, I, I just, I just want people to know that this is not me being, you know, angry or judgmental or like, I don't like this. And maybe at first it was, at first it was me finding fault. But after a while, when I took those questions to the Lord, it was like, I don't like it either is basically what he was saying, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's got something new. He's got this program and and we can trust him and we can be Mm -hmm. brave enough to step out and be able to create with him. And it's okay. I think it's, I think he made it easy for me because in, in Missouri, uh, there are lots of people outside of the, the Utah that, Mm -hmm fully, truly worship Jesus. And Jesus is definitely part of their lives. And I think when you're in Utah proper, especially, I honestly, I didn't even know there were other churches when I was growing up that, that like really did what yeah. we did. I, I don't know what I'm, I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I just, it was yeah. just not part of my world to understand other cultures and other people, which says something, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we go out on our missions as as youth and it's it's all about getting people to come to a church. And um, Christ is in there, you know, but it's more about like you need to come and be in this church or you can't find Jesus. Yeah. And it, it just, you know, it, it, I think for Utah people, they just need to understand that there is a creative destruction happening and it is not a work of men. It is a work of God. He is moving and he's yeah. calling people. And it, it's different because I remember hearing of people leaving the church or, you know, getting excommunicated. And it was such a scary, awful thing that, oh, they some of them did lose their families. Some of them ended in divorce or whatever. And there was a lot of yeah. judgment and there was a lot of, um, you know, just fear about it and i just think this time around it's people who are searching for god and they're not finding they're not finding him mm-hmm. in church regular worship it and it's just not yeah. feeling it's not working it's not doing the job anymore and so i feel like it's you know it's the lord moving and he's doing his work yeah it's so. it's it's that tsunami wave. It's growing and building. And part of that growing and building that tsunami wave is a growing support network. There is more support for people mm-hmm. who are questioning the institutional church, regardless of which one it is, than there's ever been. Um, and there's more people that are being led by the spirit. You know, in 2007, when I was, I wrote my first book and I thought, well, that's my life's work right there. Like I, this book is so important. And it was about the restoration of the house of Israel, right? Um, And I thought, well, this is incredible. And it helped explain why God, and it was a new thought for me to understand. I always thought the devil was destroying the RLDS church, right? It was a new thought for me. And I realized actually the Lord was just allowing this disruption because he wanted to bring out his people and 
bring them into the wilderness and teach them and bring them to a higher level because we were satisfied with what we had. And the first thing that kind of yeah. my, came to my mind, because I was such a fan of the concept of Zion, you know, the new Jerusalem, I was such a fan of that thought about mm -hmm. it was something I really looked to. And the Holy Spirit put this thought in my mind one time and he said, how long has the church been at this and how much closer or further away from Zion are you now than you were? And I, and will you ever reach Zion? And how many years would that take? And I, I could very plainly mm -hmm. see that based on the trajectory we were on, we could go another thousand years and never reach Zion. And in fact, we may be moving further away. And so God has to do yeah. something because we're not going to achieve it by just having this one true church that we think is great. We have a great institution. Let's get everybody to join the, the club and we'll all be members of that same thing. And that'll be awesome. But yet we, are we any closer? And so when I finished that book and I thought, okay, this is a great work for RLDS people to read and out of nowhere, the Holy spirit very clearly says, there is going to be a tremendous harvest out of the LDS church. Back I had no idea why, why wow. I'm hearing about this. I don't know, but here's the thing. And now it's happening, but it's, it's not just the yeah. LDS yeah, and it it's not just the RLDS. There has to be a harvest out of the Baptist church. There has to be a harvest out of the Lutheran mm -hmm. Methodist church. There has to be a harvest out of evangelicals, Southern Baptist. There has to be, a harvest out of all these institutions, big and small, even non-denominational churches, even though they've come a long ways from those, you know, very rote, you know, and trying to be a little more spirit led, but there's even they are not really there. What it is that we all have to come out of everything and come to Christ. And when we do, we become mm -hmm. the body of Christ. And he's doing that mm -hmm. bit by bit. And that's why you run into people that, well, they're not even Book of Mormon believers. And yet, wow, we're on the same page and they're being led by the spirit. They, exactly. didn't, they don't yet believe in the Book of Mormon, yes. but the Lord is leading them. And that's yes. what's important. That's what makes us the same body in the same church, you know? And then we see that what Nephi yep. was told is true. There are saved, but two churches only, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the more we believe that and mm -hmm. understand it, the better because then yes, nothing has to separate you and I or yeah. anyone else. And, and we can go along with whatever, you know, whatever we choose to associate with it's, it's being led by the spirit. And like you said, I've found people who, you know, they don't even, they've never even read the book of Mormon, but they have the interpretation mm -hmm. and understanding of the Bible that we do because we have yeah. the Book of Mormon and they've just been taught by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if yes. you really read that book, then you understand. You know, it, it's just, it's amazing in this yeah. uh, this prayer group that I'm in. It's the same. I'm finding that to be true. It's really, really cool. Yeah. There's been times where I'm in worshiping in house churches with people from the IHOP church. And I... It's so led by the spirit and they're receiving directly from the spirit. And there've been times where I'm prompted to just say something right out of the book of Mormon that is not in the Bible. And I'll just quote it. Mm -hmm. And when I say it, the people in the room never asked me, well, where'd you get that from? They just say, amen, yeah. brother, that is by the spirit of the Lord, you know, and they recognize truth when they hear truth. And so it, it doesn't even yes. matter what book it's coming out of necessarily. If it, the truth will speak to people, you know, and they will receive the truth. And sometimes mm -hmm. I think we, we, we hold up things that can offend people. And they don't even, we don't need, it's unnecessary. You know, if you receive the truth, you receive yes. the truth. It's Christ that right? I always, you know, the book purpose of the book of Mormon is to bring people to Christ. It's not the purpose of Christ to bring mm -hmm. people to the book of Mormon. The book of Mormon was a tool is to help us. Say it. Yeah. And the, and the Gentiles are stumbling greatly. And one of the things I, I came to understand on some level that I can't prove to anybody, but, but when the book of Mormon came forth out of the ground, it wasn't just a book that came out of the ground that then you had to go read to benefit from, although that would be the most direct and easiest way to do it. 
but also the truth mm-hmm. of the Book of Mormon came forth into the world. That was the thing I understood. And what you begin to see from the time it came forth is you begin to see the truths, the very truths that they needed desperately at that time that they got from the Book of Mormon to help them better understand the Bible. Those truths began to be revealed bit by bit through the decades in all of the churches of various degrees until now, if you list all the things that they learned from the Book of Mormon that they did not believe in the Christian churches during that day, those same churches, those same people now that are not Book of Mormon believers actually now believe those truths. They now believe in a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. They now believe in a God who speaks. They now believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They've not done away with, after all. They now believe in the various offices of ministry and things like that. And just, yeah, all the things that that they were resisting and and putting down back in Joseph Smith's day, no longer is that an issue with most churches. If they're a sincere follower of Christ, and I just read in uh, 3 Nephi 27 today um, that we will be judged out of the books that are written. And it makes more sense that it would happen the way you're saying. His father is disseminating these truths and they come from various people, but it's, it's not the person that's doing the judging. It's the truth. Like whatever a mm-hmm. father allows into the world, whatever level of light is there, if we don't seek it, you know, right. one way or another, then that's kind of our standard. And I think that's what you're saying. The standard of yeah. truth, it kind of is like, here's your measuring stick now. Yeah. And that, that happened. That's exactly the way it happened is all of a sudden, like all these people, you know, that have mm-hmm. never read the Book of Mormon are understanding things the way I understand them, because I'm reading, you know, yes, which is amazing. Yep. A, f- a friend That's of mine cool. from Michigan, who's a teacher, a longtime teacher for many, many, many years, uh, older than me, and uh, he was a Pentecostal. Uh, he, he came into mm-hmm. the Pentecostal church and he got baptized. <clears throat> and the tradition of the Pentecostal church was when you come out of the waters of baptism, you need to be able to speak in tongues or you didn't get the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And he came out mm-hmm. a new creature, but he didn't speak tongues. He wouldn't speak tongues for some years. Um, <clears throat> and he wasn't even trying to, or searching to do it. It just happened in an encounter with the Holy spirit and it happened, but, but he came out of the water and they're all like, Oh man, you, you gotta, you gotta speak in tongues. And they're trying to encourage him to speak in tongues and all that. And the Holy Spirit told him, mm-hmm. Jesus didn't speak in tongues when he came out of the water, and neither do you have to. And he told them that. Mm-hmm. But the Spirit did teach him, and eventually he outgrew the Pentecostal church. Until one day, he's in a dentist office, and there's a Book of Mormon laying next to all the magazines and stuff. And he picks it up, and he reads it, and he says, huh, more word of God. And he just knew it was the Lord because it was the same spirit that had been teaching him since he left the Pentecostal church was speaking to him in the book of Mormon. And I think that's what will happen is that the day will come where many Christians yeah. will finally embrace the book of Mormon. But by that point, they've already embraced the truths of the book of Mormon. And then it's sort of like they read it and go, Oh, well, okay. I, I thought this yeah. was something else entirely, you know, <laughs> Yes, Yes. I think that's how it will be. It it will be like they're meeting an old friend for the first time. You know, they they will recognize it. And uh, interesting, I'll tell you about my experience that I had several weeks ago. So I told you I've been reading this book by um, the Intercessory Prayer by, yeah, yeah, Dutch Sheets. And um, I was reading along and I read about praying in the spirit and what that means. And so I was just like, Oh, that would be so cool to speak in tongues. I've never done that before. Well, a a day or two passes and um, I'm sitting there praying and I'm praying over some pretty important issues in our family that we need some answers. You know, we, we need some guidance and, and all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. like I had these foreign words come into my mind. And I knew instantly that if I speak these words, I'm unlocking stuff. And I didn't even know 
Like I, I did not even know like what I was saying. And it kind of sounded like Gaelic or, or like, but I was like, mm-hmm. okay, Heavenly Father, I have to whisper these words that are coming into my mind. And if it's mm-hmm. wrong or if I'm like in a place, you just tell me, you know. So I started yeah. and it, it went on for, you know, like five, ten minutes of these words. And mm-hmm. I just knew that it was doing something and that I would see the result at some point. And I knew that it was okay. And I couldn't repeat them for the life of me. I don't even know. It, it was like, <laughs> I don't know what language. And I was like, okay, that was interesting. But it, it kind of, mm-hmm. like you said, God does things in a way that respects our agency and allows us to have faith. Because... Mm-hmm. I think faith is more powerful than belief, you know, or, or knowledge sometimes, yeah. because when, when we choose something, even though we don't know, we become like children, we become trusting. Um, we're walking ahead with our eyes closed because we're feeling God. And that's what yeah. children do is they obey because they love and they trust and not because they know. And, um, I think it becomes more powerful. And that, that moment that I had with the wind, I could have easily dismissed it because gusts come up all the time. Mm-hmm. But I thought about it and I thought there was no wind. And then that voice came into my head and then the chimes outside on our porch rang and then they went away. And I know that was God. And I, I told him, I said, I am going to choose to believe that that was you. And I'm going to choose to believe that you're showing me that you're everywhere. You are, you are all present. You are, I am not lost. I am here. Do you see me? You know, and it was just this beautiful moment that, that I could have easily dismissed. I I could dismiss that Mm -hmm. speaking in tongues, you know, but I told him, I said, okay, I'm choosing to believe that this is from you. And if it's not, I know you'll let me know. And yeah, yeah. You know, so far, so far, so good. But I just, I love it. And, and if we go ahead each day, just with that feeling of kind of like I've got my surfboard and I'm ready for that big wave, you know, I'm ready for the next whatever is coming. And you're just going to wait in joyful anticipation for the move of the Lord. And not just wait, but like, pray while you're waiting and act in the spirit and, you know, be mm-hmm. obedient to whatever he tells you and not be afraid, not be afraid to step out of yeah. this hold that the elders church has on your mind that they are it as far as salvation goes. Cause I'm here to tell you there is mm-hmm. rich, full, beautiful spiritual life outside of the church. And and I don't know how I'm going to, you know, get the whole, like, getting together with people thing. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I feel that that will <laughs> happen at mm-hmm. some point, you know. Well, you know, when they, uh, when they harvest, they, when they harvest grain or whatever it is, you bring that harvest in and you gather it all in one place and you put it in a silo or in a, you know, in a, in a pile or, or whatever. And so I know that he's going to do that mm-hmm. with us. So right mm-hmm. now it may seem, especially depending on where you live, you know, perhaps for a while you feel a little bit on your own or something, but it's, it's a growing harvest. And, and uh, I guess, thank God for technology. Like we have right now that you and I can talk right. like this and we can talk with people and converse online and, and we can get on uh zoom meetings like, you you're in, um, in your prayer group and all that, um, it's just joyful, wonderful thing. But also I do believe in a physical gathering too, that he's going to literally bring us all together. You know, that uh, there is the new Jerusalem that is coming and, and I'm sure that'll be a process, you know, uh, this will, this is just going to yeah. grow and, and be better and better and better, you know? And, um, so I, I'm, I rejoice in it and I don't, I don't look at the doom and gloom, uh, prophecies and worry about all those things. We already know 
that all of the governments of man will collapse because Daniel says so, right? It, it, in the vision, mm -hmm. they all collapse and form a giant mountain. You know, the remnants of whatever's left, yep. it's the mountain of the Lord. And that's the government of the Lord. And so, you know, his government has to rise. And for his government to rise, the governments of man have to fall. Um, don't need to worry about the governments yes. of man. Be a part of the government of God now, right now. Spiritually be a part of it. Don't worry about the body. The body is just the body. The Lord can take care of that easily. If you need some money, he can have you walk out somewhere and tell you to dig right here and there'll be gold. I literally know someone mm -hmm. that happened to. <laughs> so, oh. you know, and if you, if you need food, <laughs> he can give us food. If we need water, he can give us water. Mm -hmm. If we can't get a pair of shoes, our shoes can last us 10 years. They can last you 40 years. Um, these things we need to not, that should not be our focus. Put it on him and being with him and growing closer to him and everything else is taken care of. And that's what Jesus taught. And I think we, we have a hard time letting go of those fears and things. And we need to walk in faith and trust him completely. He is not going to let us down. Yeah, I needed to hear that so much. And, and it's, those are all the thoughts that the Spirit has been teaching me. And I needed to hear it from somebody. And this is why we need each other. This is why we can't just say, oh, I don't need church or I don't need fellowship, I guess. We do need fellowship because when you hear it yes. come from two people and you know it's not just your own thoughts, what exactly you said. I mean, my son needs basketball shoes. All four of our cars are broken right now. We should not be driving them, <laughs> but we are. And, and there's things that, that the Lord has told me to not worry about that in the past I would have just been a wreck over. And here I am yeah. just enjoying this beautiful, peaceful Christmas. And my kids, they loved it. And it wasn't nearly as materialistic <laughs> as it has been in the past. I mean, they were the ones yeah. giving us gifts. They were excited. And I was like, my kids, are, this is so backwards, you know? I mean, they they were excited <laughs> to have us open these gifts that they had gotten, you know? And I was just like, this is amazing. These miracles, these tiny, tiny things. Mm. If we just have eyes to see, God, God is doing great things and it it looks so small because no, he's amen. respecting our agent you know he's yeah. respecting where we're at he's just calling us you know yeah amen i mean it sounds like there's life after church right after the church there is life and it can be abundant life I mean, he's he's working with you yeah. you're growing you're learning it did destroy you completely and, you know, I know everyone's experience is going to be different. And for some of us, you know, there may be some hardships involved. And, and Jesus never promises us we wouldn't. He said that while you're in this world, we will have trials. But he said he would be with us. And, you know, so I, I, I'm so it's joyful to see that you are that you're being, you know, built up and edified and growing in the Lord. And and we're doing our best over here as well. I hope we get together soon. Um, we're doing a new thing. The Lord, the Lord keeps telling us he's going to do a new thing with us. And he keeps doing new things. Like, for example, I said, this is the last year I'm going to be pastor because this is, I'm not a pastor. And, you know, we got mm -hmm. a couple of prophetic words from a couple of different people separately that didn't even know from each other that they had gotten it. The idea of a pastoral team and both of them independently getting mm -hmm. that, it should be two men and two women. And so anyway, we floated that idea and we do have some more traditional people among us, um, but they also want the spirit and they want to follow the spirit. And, and I said, pray about that. And mm -hmm. I didn't know if we were going to get any resistance, but you know, what's interesting is we all came together and a number of people got names and the names matched up and these were independent witnesses so we're, we're doing a new thing there. So I'm supposed to meet with that pastoral team and we'll talk and converse and they're, we're transitioning over to that and I'm very excited. So, you know, Hey, that is super exciting. That's awesome. And most of them are not even, 
uh, even part of our congregation originally. I mean, we've grown about half the people are not, they're just from different places. We've got one LDS family or ex LDS. We've got a Catholic couple. Mm -hmm. We've got a whole mix of people. And I think that's what the family of God is going to look wow. like is people come from all different backgrounds and we can just lay aside all these things and we can worship together and all that. So, you know, and I, I expect this so will happen in many places. I think so. I think you're right. I really feel that. Yeah. That is so awesome. And, you know, I, I think what I've noticed is that I, I am dying to my old self, you know, like the, the life that I have now is like, it's the new self and, and those things that I needed to let go, I'm able to let go and, and they're, they're dead, yeah. they're gone. And it's like this new newness of life that is taking root in me because I was willing, I think, to be brave, to step out, even even though I didn't know exactly what it's going to look like, you know, hearing what you're saying, I think, like you said, it is going to happen all over the place as more and more people mm -hmm. get brave and leave these institutions that need to be left, that it needs to be creatively destroyed, you know, uh, of let's create <laughs> something new through God, through the spirit, yeah. <laughs> You know, so yeah, absolutely. And he's doing it. It's it's not yeah. us. It's it's his work. You're just listening, right? Amen. Yeah, and I I expect many house churches. It's going to be probably the wave of the future because a lot of people aren't going to be able to have a building or whatever. And there may be places maybe it's two or three, four or five, six people, but it doesn't matter. You know, where two mm -hmm. or three are gathered in my name, the Lord says, "There I will be in the midst of you." And uh, I think sometimes. Gathering in a home is going to be the most intimate, personal way to worship. Um, so we're able to pull it off in this church building, but it had it came with challenges. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes a house church is the best place to do it. But even if it's just you, know that you're not alone. I, I think that's important to know. You're not alone, and you are a part of God's gathering. You're going to be a part of that grain brought into the into the, the silo or whatever it is, the, the granary, <laughs> which is the gathering. Mm -hmm. It's just a, a type mm -hmm. of chattel design to be. So I floated the idea that you may be visiting sometime, and they, they just love you. Uh, you spoke mm -hmm. at our gathering. I asked you to speak, and just everybody loved loved what you had to share and just loved uh, who you were and everything and, and just excited to see you again. So um, to me, what God is about, it's like a family reunion. Yes, I agree. I think and many of I us knew each other. In heaven. And <laughs> I do too. I really feel that. I really felt yeah. that there. It, once, I, once I overcame the, the different feeling it was like home. Mm -hmm. I really felt home. And um, we do have a tournament or two, a volleyball tournament in January. So I I would love to stop okay. by and visit on Sunday awesome. or Saturday. I'll reach out to you. Yeah, okay. I love yeah, it. I great. love the people that you worship with. It's fun. I love this topic. I love talking about what God is doing. He's He is doing a new thing. And we don't fully understand what that looks like yet. We just have glimpse, but I'm excited to explore and yeah. to see it and have it unfold. And you're going to be a part of it. I'm going to be a part of it. And we're, we're all part of the family of God. We're all the same body of Christ ultimately. And we just have to learn how to set aside all our little traditions and then learn new ones. You know, what, what are the traditions of the kingdom of heaven? That's what I want to know. Amen. <laughs> Be, be brave, be bold, and be humble, and step out. Yeah, let's go. Awesome. <laughs> um, it's been a while since I even got to do an interview, um, uh, but it's always good to do one with a friend, um, you know, so I appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you. I It's been good, and um, I, I do. I, I am happy. I'm learning and growing, and God is good. So there is definitely life after church. It mm. is a beautiful life. Yes. And, and the Lord is in charge. He's leading it. You know, if it were all me, mm. I think it would have been a disaster. But he's he's doing yeah. it. He's softening heart, holding hands and yeah. just moving us forward. So 
It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good that's place to end. And let's talk again. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm doing it, it's a disaster. I'll tell you that right now. So, uh, but if God's doing it, it's beautiful, and then He gets all the credit, and you know, and we could enjoy the benefits. <laughs> so, yeah, don't follow any man, it, yeah. you know. But God, God's got it. He He knows what He's doing. So we just got to get with Him. All right. Well, thank you, Suzanne, and for everybody else. Um, thank you. You know, until next week. <laughs> thank you. All right. God bless. <laughs>